welcome to another special episode of Coffee House Questions with Ryan Polly. This episode will be covering part three in the first week of the questions class at Rock Harbor Fullerton. And this episode will go over the design argument for the existence of God. I hope you enjoy. Uh, the next one, the design argument. And what this is saying is pretty much this. If you walked uh, through the woods and you found this laying in the woods, this watch, would you just think that it was made by natural laws? Did this just pop into existence? Or would you say, wow, someone created this. This is a beautiful watch. And so what the two things we're going to look at is um, what caused our universe and what caused the life that we see uh, in our universe. So the first one, what caused our universe? And this is the fine-tuning of the universe that we're going to look at. Stephen Hawking uh, says this, uh, if the expansion rate of the universe was different by one part in a thousand million million a second after the Big Bang, the universe would have collapsed back in on itself or never developed galaxies. Now this is what we talked about just a second ago, that if the expansion rate was different in just one part in a thousand million million, one second after the initial explosion, then either it would have exploded so fast that galaxies would have never formed, or it would have been exploded so little that it would have collapsed back in on itself. And so even the very beginning of our universe says, well, there's someone really thinking about how fast it has to ex explode in order and expand in order for us to exist. It sure seems like there's an intelligent mind behind that because it's so precise. Um, if the gravitational force were altered more than one part in 10 to the 40th, the sun would not exist, and therefore neither would we. If the, if the gravity were to change and alter in one part in 10 to the 40th, we would not exist anymore. And it's amazing. Now you not only have someone who's initially starting it, but now you have someone that's holding it together. Why doesn't the force of gravity change? What's keeping it absolutely perfect? And so now you have a sustainer as well as a creator. Arno Penzias said, astronomy leads us to a unique event, a universe which is created out of nothing, one, which, uh, one with the very delicate balance needed to provide exactly the right conditions required to permit life, and one which has underlying, one might say, a supernatural plan. And so he's saying, look, the beginning of our universe, however it started, it has the exact perfect conditions in order for us to exist. And the question is, does that happen by chance? Did we just get really, 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 really lucky? Or some would say, no, it, it happens. Uh, it's, um, it has to happen. There's, it, just, it can't be different. Really, it can't? It couldn't have had any other things? No, the best way to explain why we have the exact right conditions is because there is someone that knew what conditions had to exist in order for us to exist and made it that way. Also, when we look at our solar system, here we are. Not only are we the perfect distance away from the sun, but the tilt of the earth is the perfect tilt. The rotation of the earth is the perfect rotation. The moon's rotation and distance from us is the perfect distance and rotation. Uh, the oxygen levels within 
Uh, if our oxygen level, were, I think we're at like 21%, if we drop down to 15%, we would all suffocate. If it goes up to about 28%, fires would combust randomly. The oxygen level is the perfect level. Um, and uh, so you have all these things that are absolutely perfect and stay perfect. Why, are, why is our rotation not speeding up? Why aren't we slowing down? Why isn't the sun's gravity pulling us closer? If the sun's gravity was stronger, it would pull us into it. We'd all burn up. But we're staying at the perfect distance. Um, and also, the, the location of Jupiter. And you know that if Jupiter wasn't there, we wouldn't exist. We can thank God for Jupiter. Why is that? You see these uh, big spots on Jupiter? These dark plumes on Jupiter are caused by comet fragment strikes that are bigger than the Earth. Jupiter's gravitational force is so strong that it pulls in all these comets, and the comets hit Jupiter rather than hitting us. It's kind of like a cosmic vacuum. It sucks everything into it. If Jupiter's not there, we're not here. And so even the placement and size of Jupiter is allowing us to even stay in existence. And so what caused our universe? Here you can even get a perspective of the size. There's Jupiter compared to us. Pluto got demoted. It's no longer a planet. Poor Pluto. But there's how small. Now, if you want to compare us to the sun, our sun to the next star that we know about, and it keeps going. And here our sun is not even like a pixel. Think about how big we are compared to this. Yet everything is the perfect distance, the perfect size. In fact, this is one thing that blew my mind. The average distance between stars in our galaxy is 30 trillion miles. That distance is needed for Earth to exist in its present life-supporting position. The fact that our stars are 30 trillion miles apart, that distance is even necessary. And so it's like our universe is extremely fine-tuned. What fine-tuned it? Something had to fine-tune it. So what about the life? What about, so we looked at, okay, what caused the universe? Something intelligent had to cause our universe. What about the life that exists? Any of you know what this is? It's a single-cell amoeba. Now, back in Darwin's day, he thought this was nothing. Just a clump of protoplasma, just random stuff. He didn't think that this was very uh, intelligent or advanced. However, we've discovered something fascinating. Now, this doesn't say made by God on it. I once had a student said, you know, if our, if our cells said made by God, you know, stamped on each one of our cells, then I would be a Christian. Well, it doesn't say made by God, and it doesn't say made by natural forces. But what is in uh, this single-cell bacteria? Any of you had alphabets, cereal? Do they even make this anymore? Maybe. Let's just say, or maybe you have like the, do you have like the letters on your refrigerator? All right, let's just say someone knocks the letters off your refrigerator, someone spills, spills over the cereal on the kitchen table, and you look at it, and when you look really close, it says, take out the garbage, mom. Now, what are the chances that the cat knocked over the cereal and it made a message, take out the garbage, mom? Did that just hand up, happen randomly by natural forces? No, the fact that we have a message, it means what? Someone put it there. You have an intelligent being, it's mom. This is positive evidence for an intelligent being, mom. Now, what's inside of the single-cell amoeba? Our DNA. What is our DNA? Amino acids in our DNA forms messages. 
Here's Bill Gates. He says, uh, DNA is like a computer program, but far more advanced than any software ever created. It was interesting. During our Four Minutes of Family this morning, I was talking to Matt, maybe? I'm forgetting his name, but he's a software. He creates software. And I remember I told him, I said, wow, that's amazing because that's something I could never do. I'm not that intelligent. Soft creating software is just something that's way over my head. Now, if it takes an intelligent being to create software, but yet our DNA is more advanced and came about by random ch chance, it doesn't need a creator, that doesn't make much sense. So our DNA is just like the message, take out the garbage mom, except there's one big difference. The DNA in a single cell amoeba is equal to 1,000 volumes of encyclopedia. That's how long the message is. It's trillions of letters long. The DNA in our bodies makes up a message of trillions of letters long. And so I think it's interesting. I asked someone once, I said, so you believe that the statement made by God, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine letters, the statement nine letters long made by God, if that was on our cell, then you would believe in God. But yet we have a thousand volumes worth of encyclopedia message on each cell, and you don't? Take out the garbage mom points to an intelligent being mom, but three like trillions of letters long message inside of our body doesn't point to an intelligent being? How does that make any sense? First, life requires an intelligent cause to create the message that's in it. Again, oh, this is just God of the gaps. You don't know where the intelligence came from, and so you just say it's God. No, I know that intelligent messages need intelligent people. And we have an intelligent message in our DNA, and it needs an intelligent designer to create it. Any quick questions on the design? Yes. And this might be kind of covered under the big thing. I don't know how this like fits in, but in meteorites that hit Earth, in those fragments, they found amino acids. And then so the jump is that those amino acids were then together because when they get, when you put amino acids in a dish, they line up. That's just what they do because of the chemical bonds. So that's sort of how the first DNA came. So I don't know how to explain amino acids in meteorites. Yeah, here's one thing that I've, I haven't looked really deep into amino acids on meteorites, but I have kind of looked at this idea that life first, uh, well, put it this way. Um, biologists are trying to figure out where did the first life come from? And it's like, okay, there's this, you know, primordial soup. It came from the, the waters of the early earth. Well, that quickly realized that there's a problem because the early conditions of the waters on the earth would not be able to create life. So, well, maybe it started in the atmosphere. Well, oxygen's present in the atmosphere, and they weren't able to create it in the atmosphere. In fact, even the studies they did uh, to create life in the early atmosphere, the two um, things that they got out of it were cyanide and um, formaldehyde, two things that destroy life, not uh, would create life. But it's interesting what they will kind of tell you, and if we talk about uh, evolution in the last week, we'll, we'll kind of cover this. Uh, but they say, hey, we created building blocks. We created something out of the, Earth, life's, uh, the Earth's early atmosphere. Well, they just don't tell you what they created. Um, and so then some will jump to, yeah, it started in outer space. Uh, the, here's the problem I have with that. One, they don't explain how it got on the, on the meteorite. So you're just kind of pushing the problem back one step. 
okay, we don't know how it happened on Earth, so we're just going to say it came in on a meteorite. Well, now, how did it happen on the meteorite? Yeah, it's a science of the gaps. Now, here's the second problem. The heat of the, of the meteorite flying through the atmosphere, is the life really going to survive that? That would burn up any life. And so it's really just kind of pushing it back that one step. Um, and one thing I have looked into that you have to kind of uh, evaluate is when they say that they create amino acids, uh, it has to be a certain kind of amino acid. There are right-handed and left-handed amino acids. Um, and every time that we've created amino acids in the lab, it's always been both a mixture, uh, even mixture of right and left. And life cannot create from an even mixture. It has to be all right or all left-handed. And so even just the fact that, oh, we created amino acid, well, that doesn't necessarily mean they created life. Again, it's very interesting that when they create it in a lab, who are the people doing the experiments? Intelligent beings. And so even that, you need an intelligent being to do the experiment to try to create it. So even if they could create life in the test tube, which they haven't yet, the way that we have it, say, well, yeah, now do it without intelligence. Right? You're just proving that you need an intelligent being to create the life. I hope you enjoyed part three of the questions class at Rock Harbor Fullerton on the design argument for the existence of God. If you want to, you can visit coffeehousequestions.com. Uh, you can find an article there titled RHF Questions Class Week 1. There'll be more resources, uh, videos to watch, and there will be there is a resource posted on the idea of panspermia and meteorites bringing life to Earth. So check it out. Hope you enjoyed. You've been listening to Ryan Pauly, Coffee House Questions. God bless. Restore